Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the conclusion of the World Series. We also talk a little bit of the NFL. We talk a lot about the NFL, really, but we talk about the NFL. We talk about of the Browns, we talk about the Jets, we talk about the Patriots losing their first game to the Baltimore Ravens. We talk about it all. My co-host Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me out calls on guys talking sports and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. But right now, we're going to get right into it. I got my co-hosts with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Hope y'all enjoyed the, the cold weather that we're having right now. No. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm dealing with a little cough and trying to not let it get to a full-blown cold. So excuse me if I sound a little um, deeper than normal and uh, talk a little slower. Yeah, hey, keep that shit in South Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's patient zero sitting right in my face coughing every day. So I uh, oh, wow. can't go anywhere. <laughs> that was crazy. They're talking about snow next week, at least down here. <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, who's ready for that? <laughs> I ain't. I mean, <laughs> Certainly not at this stage. I mean, it's too early for this, right? right. It's way used, too early for this. I'm not used to seeing some snow until about January. <laughs> yeah. We fall into, like, the NFL season almost close to the playoffs or, like, midway almost to the NBA season. We ain't even got to that point yet. I mean, Giannis, Thanksgiving ain't even arrived, and, we still, and we're talking about snow. So I have a bad feeling about this season. I really do. But – I digress. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Last week we talked about we talked about the Houston Astros and the Washington Nats. Game seven was going on last time we spoke. Uh, but, of course, now we know that the Washington Nationals are your World Series champions. So let's get your talk – let's get your takes on how you thought the World Series would end up. And, have, I mean, the whole game seven to me was a great series, to be honest. Overall, it was a good series. So let me get your thoughts and takes on the Washington Nationals becoming the World Series champions. And whoever wants to start is fine. <laughs> oh, well, I guess because I'm the baseball dude. <laughs> well, I was going to start, but... Well, no, by all means, I, 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 like to, I like to do the retort. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would definitely have to say the series as a whole um, is definitely a very um, thrilling and riveting series. Uh, I'm not sure if this is... Was the last seven-game series of um, a World Series that we had? But this was a pretty good one. I mean, um, it was um, the first time I think in in any major league sports history, whether it be football, well, not really football, but whether it be um, basketball or baseball or hockey, where the um, the visiting team has won every game on the other person's home um, home turf, and. Um, Credit to the Nationals. I mean, I, I'm not sure if they can replicate what they did this year. Um, but, however, I mean, the pitching came, but their bats really came. I mean, they broke it open in the seventh inning with three runs, which really, in my opinion, was really the icing, you know, was really kilted. Um, and then I think was it in the eighth, in the eighth, they one shot, which I think, to my opinion, kind of iced the game out. And um, But um, Strasburg got the win. 
Um, which is kind of funny because I remember when Strasburg first came into the league and everybody was on the kid. He was such a phenom. And then he was on the pitch count. Then he had the Tommy John. Was it Tommy John surgery, I believe it was? A few years back, people weren't sure if he was going to be able to make it back um, to where he was. And and look, he's he became the world. I mean, he came the MVP of the World Series, two wins, um, pitched a hell of a series. Um, he, um, the Nats, every answer that the Houston um, Houston Astros had, they had an answer for it. And um, the Astros, you know, I thought they were going to eke out the win at home. Um, Lo and behold, I mean, it, the, the Nationals, when he needed a hit, when he needed someone to really do something, they just did. And once they got rolling, I mean, they just kept, kept it coming. I mean, their average per man on base was bringing them in was, was extremely high. So you have to give credit to the Washington Nationals, their um, first World Series in team history. Um, this brings now three chips to um, – the D.C. area with the Mystics um, not that long ago, um, the Nats, and um, in hockey. I can't think of the um, hockey. Yes. So um, must be something down there in D.C., um, not just our president, but <laughs> something down there that's really got the um, national sports. And if the Wizards or the Redskins do it, that's, that'd be more than a trifecta. I'm not going to step that far out on the limb <laughs> and say that, but uh, – you never know, but um, hats off to the Nationals. Uh, I mean, hats off to the Nationals. Pitching was phenomenal. Hitting was on par. Um, can't say enough about the Houston Astros. They played they played their butts off. Um, but at the end of the day, the better team won. And, you know, everyone's been kind of clowning, you know, Harper. But um, I think they might have still won it, but I think – Without Bryce Harper there, I think it was more of an emphasis for more of a team baseball where everyone had opportunity to get their shine and get their feeling where if he was on there, it would have been kind of Bryce Harper and the Washington Nationals. Now everyone, you know, was mm-hmm. getting their turn. So I think it this is more of like a team, uh, a team win outside of a one-man show leading a team. But hats off to both teams. They played, you know, they gave everybody what they want seven-game series in the World Series. So um, what can you say? Well, I, <clears throat> I do tip my hat to the Washington Nationals. Uh, I remember last week um, when, when Al and I were talking about that, you were on assignment. Uh, we, uh, I remember the game was like in the second or third inning and the Nats were already down to nothing. And I was like, well, damn, uh, it's not looking good already. You're already down, and Strasburg's already giving up a couple runs. But something about that that squad, like somewhere like around the sixth or seventh inning, they just start to click. And then there's this onslaught from there. And that kid Soto, he's going to be nice. Mm. He's going to be nice. Now, I can't say that Soto, Soto might have come up and he might have played alongside uh, Bryce Harper. But I think with Bryce not being there, he probably saw pitching that he probably may or may not have seen with Bryce being in the lineup. So it, it caused him to, to become the player that he became. Juan Soto? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, this is first year. So he so he left right when Bryce Harper was um, – he came in when Bryce Harper left. Exactly. And if Bryce was in the lineup, who knows where Soto would have been bad and who knows the type of pitching he would have seen you know, 
it would have been lethal with Rendon, Soto, and Harper, but we don't know if Soto would have been that player if Bryce was there. So it was a blessing in disguise. You know, you, you lose one superstar, but you gain a younger, better superstar. Not to say that Bryce is, is trash because he's not, but you I mean this kid this kid just turned 21 in, during the World Series. <clears throat> you know, and I think Bryce is about 26, 27. Yeah. So they got they got Soto on the cheap, and he's only going to get better for right now. So that means they can address other areas moving forward, especially now that uh, Strasburg has opted out of his contract. Uh, he opted out with four years, 100 mil left. So he's testing free agency. Uh, Rendon is out there. He's testing free agency. The Nats got a lot of issues they got to deal with concerning how they're going to sit there and uh, pay their stars. So, you know, I tip my hat to the Nats. I mean, like you said, Earl, they first team in, that I can remember <coughs> that won all their role games in the, in the championship, you know, in the championship series. And I, I, I believe it was commented the first team in any sports. Really? Sports league. Yeah. Hmm. I have to, I might have to double check that, but I believe first team in any sports to win all of their road games in the series. Yeah, well, it's still, it's still a hell of a feat. You know, you, you just don't do that. You know, they were up two nothing, and they just knew, they just knew they had to win at least one game at home, and they couldn't even get that done. I mean, it looked like, looked like Houston was about to run away with a four game sweep after they lost the first two. But that game six, that game six was epic. Game seven was just like, I was tired as hell. Like I, I, I fought sleep to stay up to finish watching that game, and it's very rare nowadays that I'll sit there and watch a baseball game from beginning to end. And it's not because I don't like it; it's just that it's long. <laughs> very riveting, you know. So it was, it was great. It was a great, uh, great series. Congrats to the Nats. DC was definitely live last week when they had their uh, their parade, and the weather was just right. Not too hot, not too cold, so they could sit there and get that parade off. Get their drunk on. Right. right. <laughs> and tips my hat to the Astros. I mean, they, they're going to have some serious uh, question marks, too, as far as uh, Garrett Cole is leaving. They're going to have some other stars leaving. So, I mean, a lot of decisions, a lot of free, agents, free agent moves are going to be made. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things move forward. Yeah. But that side note, with, side note with, with Cole though, that in, that <coughs> game interview, that was if that wasn't telling, I don't know what is. I missed that that post game interview. Which one? Basically, he he just basically just flat out said like, yeah, I'm a free agent. You know, why cool. are you asking me in regards to the Houston Astros? I'm a free agent now. Like free agency started <laughs> after. <laughs> like free agency started after we lost this game. So. He was like, I, I'm not speaking as a representation for the Houston Astros. I mean, like, I'm a free wow. agent at this stage. So it was like, not, nah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's not telling. I don't know what is. <laughs> but I, I, I do – I'm in agreement with all you guys. Um, hats off to the Washington Nats for doing their thing and for just sticking it out there when everybody was <laughs> off after game six, you know. I mean, before game six. Um, for them to win the last two was definitely commendable. And um, to beat a juggernaut of the Houston Astros, it was just – it was an amazing feat. It was an amazing feat. So kudos, kudos to them. And I agree with you, Ace, in regards to the questions that they have going forward. But it's good to have these questions as far as the free agency that's out there um, with the Washington Nationals. 
um, without having like the contract of a Bryce Harper to be there to make things a little bit more difficult um, to handle in this offseason. So I think overall, like you said, it was a blessing in disguise. I think both the Astros and the Nats have tons of, of things that they have to do in this offseason. Matter of fact, including the rest of the MLB. Um, to be on pace. But I think the Washington Nationals also had a blueprint with their team-oriented style, um, more so um, instead of just having that superstar. And it proved that, that you can have that team-oriented style to, to win the World Series and win the championship. Uh, so, again, kudos to them. Uh, I think they did a, a commendable job um, in putting together what they had and sticking with what they had to reach it all the way to where they got and so that was to the promised land. Agreed. So um, let's move a little bit on now that that is done. Let's talk about the NFL. Um, we have a lot of stuff that we need to talk about, a lot of stuff that we need to discuss. Of course, nothing more newsworthy, of course, you could say, I, I guess you could say now, um, with the Patriots losing their first game to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson put on a, a great show um to showcase what the Baltimore Ravens can do so with that being said my question is to you guys is that do you think that the Baltimore Ravens are a legitimate shot of challenging the New England Patriots in the AFC to make it into the Super Bowl not discerning all the other teams out there I'm just saying do you think now with the win that they have do you think the Baltimore Ravens have a shot to at least make it out of the AFC championships, even even if they do have a rematch against the Patriots? I think they could beat them again. Uh, without a doubt. Um, because outside of Lamar Jackson having a bad game passing the ball, he has proven that he could be a, a very good game manager, but he's also proven that he uses his feet well to uh, to manipulate defenses, and then it, it, it forces them either to spy or forces them to put somebody in the box. But he has just enough accuracy that he can pop one over the over top and catch people sleeping. So it's like they don't know how to react, and they don't know how to defend them. So the only time the Ravens have lost is when Lamar Jackson just ain't playing up to Lamar Jackson's standards. You know, he doesn't have to be a super duper star in order for Baltimore. Uh, to be doing work, you know, he just needs to just stay within his game and let the game come to him. And he, and their defense is playing great, so it makes things doubly uh, doubly better for them. So, do I think that Baltimore can meet up with the Patriots and beat them? Sure, sure. I don't. I don't. They're, they're the Patriots and the, and the Ravens right now to me seem like the crown jewel in, in Kansas City seem like the crown jewel of the AFC, you know? So it wouldn't shock me if Baltimore came out of the AFC to represent the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think they they can probably beat them again. Um, however, um, we have to see. Um, you know, it's a regular season. Um, the one thing we know, Bill Belichick, you know, he will study this film knowing that he's probably going to have to have them again. So can they replicate the same game plan that they did last time and beat the Patriots? Probably. I'm skeptical whether or not they can do it again. 
if it's in the playoffs, more than likely with that game being in Foxborough. Um, so I don't know. It's I'm with you, Ace. He definitely has a lot of skills that um, the Patriots going to have to deal with, not just running, but he can actually throw. Um, he's getting a lot more accurate. He doesn't turn the ball over that much. Um, so definitely, I know they did a lot of RPO um, plays in there, which definitely kept the um, the Patriots defense on their heels. Um, Tom Brady, without his safety of Gronkowski, now he's gone. He did, hasn't seen to really found that that safety person who he trusts. I'm not sure if it's going to be Sanu. Now that now that he's kind of gotten the fold, we don't know. But I think he's found that person he trusts in the clutch to get that ball to. The defense, I think, is still okay. I always thought it was a little bit overrated. Um, they got hellaciously <laughs> exposed um, by the Ravens. They ran it right down their throats. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't Ingram. Then you had Gus Edwards down on the goal line. And also, Lamar Jackson was a threat running, running the rock, but he can throw it. So, can he do it again? They Maybe. I'm still unsure when it comes to crunch time in the playoffs if they can if they can replicate that same game plan and do it again because I don't think that a Bill Belichick defense I'd be surprised if if they let the Ravens do exactly what they did two games in two games in a row. Oh well. And I also don't think that the Ravens were going there with the same type of mentality for a second game. You know, because I, I think I think the Patriots, if they played them again in the AFC Championship, would sit there and dare Lamar Jackson to pass it. And I think if they do that, I think they're going to get burned too. Because Lamar Jackson is an above-average passing quarterback. I mean, he's not great. You know, I'll put him up there um, – Okay, I mean, he's he, – you got your few quarterbacks, and then you got the rest that's, like, kind of muddling in the middle. But as far as I, – I, I truly believe that Lamar Jackson is a much better quarterback than he gets credit for. I'll give him that. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying that he'll burn him if he throws the ball. I just haven't seen enough from Lamar Jackson to make me feel confident enough that, you know, if they force him to throw the rock, which I guarantee they're going to make him do, that – He'll burn him like that. I, he can throw. Um, I just haven't seen enough to feel that confident in, in that aspect of his game just yet. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, to be honest, I agree. And time will tell. But I think that the Baltimore Ravens definitely showed a blueprint of how the uh, Patriots can be defeated. Um, it's just a matter of if the teams have what it takes to do that or the talent. And let's be honest, a lot of those teams don't have the physicality, the offensive line, and the quarterbacks um, with scrambling skills love Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So it'll be definitely interesting to see if there's another team out there will follow that blueprint to defeat the New England Patriots, or they'll do some other type of style that suits them to defeat the Patriots. Um, I think that the Patriots right now, I don't think they're phased by it because Let's be honest, I didn't think that they was going to go undefeated this whole season anyway. Um, so I don't think they're phased by it. But it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the next game coming forward and see if they learned any lessons from this Baltimore Ravens um, game. 
So, um, but let's also continue on the NFL. Talk about Cam Newton now out for their season, season-ending injury. So my question to you guys is, have, is this the last time we see Cam Newton in Carolina? Possibly. I mean, you got what, Kyle, Kyle Allen, I think is who's mm-hmm. running QB, and they got Will Greer as the number two. I mean, hey, there's some QB needy teams out there. So you got Denver, you got Chicago, you got uh, I don't care what nobody say, Jacksonville. <laughs> Just, you got the, you got uh, Washington. Um, you got uh, you got some squads out there that could probably use a QB, and you got a. MVP quality type of QB out there. And I think if they just allow Cam to get back to being Cam, I think Cam's still got a lot of juice up in the tank. He's just been battling a lot of uh, nagging injuries. And I think this having this entire year off where he hasn't taken any real hits in his rest of his body, I think next year it'll be fine. Yeah, I think with that little um, letter he pinned on Twitter when, you know, he kind of – it almost felt like a farewell speech where – you know, he was saying he's going to come back, you know, stronger, faster, accurate. I don't know what kind of word that was. I think he meant to say more accurate. Um, <laughs> accurate. Um, but the first line that, that what he said, basically, you know, you'll always have love for the Charlotte area. That sounded like a man that was resigned in the fact that his time in Carolina was done. Um, he comes with a nice hefty, um, you know, cap hit if you keep him on the roster come next year. So you can either, you know, cut him now and save yourself $2 million against the cap next year, or you can try to trade him and get some assets for him. And like you said, Ace, there are some teams that I think they're a quarterback away from being extremely competitive. Like so Chicago is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, maybe um, Tennessee Titans, um, they have some issues over there. Um, so there, there's definitely a couple of teams out there that I think that could make a pitch for Camps Newton Services um, going into next year. Um, but I think, you know, with all the injuries Cam has, has gotten over the years, and I always said last year, I even said that I don't think he was fully healed. The shoulder, then the foot, he was hurt all last year, worse than what he was. But when he, was, when he wasn't hurt, when he was injured, those first six or seven games, playing the North Turner's new offense, he was tossing up, but they were like six, six and one or, or five and two. They were – I think it was six and one, but I mean, but like you said, it's, it's a business. And right now they're looking at the business of, do we want to sit there and take on Cam Newton, a person who's been hurt over the years and paid 21 mil, or do you want to see what we got with um, Kyle Allen? And it did, you know, your West Virginia alumni, uh, Will Greer, even though he did get hurt, but you know, they still have to decide if a, Kyle Allen is going to be their franchise quarterback or are they going to try to, you know, incorporate, you know, Will Greer next year. So to me, it's a business sense where I could see them, you know, cutting, you know, cutting Cam and moving on and trying to see what they can do. Now they better hope that, you know, whoever is going to be the QB can step in and fill in those kind of shoes and they better hope Christian McCaffrey was on my fantasy squad was giving me a lot of God darn good numbers. <laughs> doesn't get hurt. I think they may trade him. 
try to get something for him. Okay, I yeah, if if I would try to trade him now, or you want to just cut him and right. get nothing for him. I mean, they'll probably get like a fifth, sixth, or seven dollars. <laughs> Better to get something as opposed to nothing at all. Unless somebody else uh, take on that. That the only thing would be if the team is willing to take on whatever ridiculous contract that he has. And if that's not the, if they don't want to take on that contract, they'll probably just release him, and then they'll sign a team friendly, you know, above average quarterback salary of like fourteen, fifteen million for a year. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I can honestly see a team doing something like that um, without question. Um, but I, I agree with you guys. I think that at this stage, I, I, to be honest, this is Kyle Allen's um, job to lose. Yeah. Um, because right now he's, he's doing pretty good um, to keep Carolina Panthers afloat. So it's really just his job to lose at this stage. If he proves that he's able to keep if they have a winning record or if Carolina makes the playoffs at this stage, you can pretty much write that Cam is not going to come back at this stage. Um, it all depends on the success of the Carolina Panthers um, this season, whether or not they're going to bring Cam back or not. And even if they don't, um, it's always good to get value for them while you can. Like the last thing you want to do is just release them and then have them go sign someplace else. Um, so I would definitely get the value that I'm looking for. And you, I agree, Chicago is definitely a place. Um, I, I mean, it's, I also could say, like, Denver. I don't see him going to Denver, but I could see that being an option as well. There are some options out there. Um, I think next season is going to be the year of a lot of quarterbacks going different places. Um, and we talked about this last week. Like, the services of, like, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, Teddy. The question is, is, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be more serviceable for the team than Cam Newton, who is going to be asking for a lot of money? I think that's really going to be like teams are going to look for the value in whatever that they're looking at, especially at the quarterback position. And they're going to try and find value wherever they can, even not, you know, even though Cam has a resume, he's been to the Super Bowl and everything like that. It may not be enough because of his injuries that's out there. You know, it may devalue what he has left. So it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of teams are not going to really look at Cam if he can't prove that he's healthy. I'll tell you this right now. Flacco is done in Denver, especially what he said right before he went on that, uh, the injury injury uh, report, injury list. What did he say? He's talking about, I don't understand why we can't take chances. Other teams are taking chances. Why are we so afraid to try to do stuff we're losing? Why can't we, you know, he he had that little press conference and then he went on uh, into reserve uh, for for six weeks. <laughs> so pretty much towards the end of the season. So he's done. You know, he's, he's done. So I, I – uh, you never know. You, man, Gruden may mess around and try to lure him out to Oakland. Because they're going to be playing in Vegas. And who's to say that you wouldn't want Cam Newton as the face of your QB in Vegas? Yeah, because even though Derek Carr has been playing actually pretty good, um, he's not been playing bad. Um, I still don't think they're sold on him being um, their franchise quarterback, you know, moving forward. But the way he's been playing has given them a lot of reason not to, you know, to think about how they want to handle it. Like, don't get like for me, it wouldn't shock me that Gruden would try to get Cam into Oakland because they're going to be going to Vegas. 
he would try to then turn around and try to trade Carr to maybe Miami or maybe uh, one of those, the Tennessee, somewhere where they need a quarterback. And he'll try to flip it. He's not going to get first-round draft picks, obviously, but he'll try to flip it to get, you know, to get whatever he can get. Because I can see Cam selling tickets in Vegas. Hell, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going to see a game in Vegas if I know Cam is a quarterback. Just because, oh, when you can honestly say that you were seeing football play, you played in Vegas, it would be pretty damn cool. You know, they need somebody. They need names. They need marquee uh, attractions to, to get people excited. And I can see that. Definitely. I could definitely see it as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see come off season what they're going to do with Cam Newton and where Cam Newton goes or where he's going to go. Because regardless of where he goes, he's definitely going to bring some type of interest and draw to the team that he goes to. So um, this is definitely going to be an interesting season to watch out for. And Carolina definitely had, is playing house money right now with Cal, Cal Murray. Allen. Allen, thank you. I'm oh, got Murray on my brain. Um, so Arizona, <laughs> yeah, Arizona, yeah. Um, so let's continue on before we, you know, just um, finish up and everything. Of course, <laughs> I gotta talk about this. Um, I'm not gonna talk about the Giants and the Cowboys um, Monday night game because I'm gonna let that slide for now. Um, yeah, I was gonna talk about that too, but. <laughs> I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to even talk about all that. I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. Which team do you think is the biggest – well, let me reframe, change that question. Which team do you think is going to end up, outside of Arizona, of course, being the record that they have in Miami? Out of these two teams, which teams – no, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to change it up. How disappointed are you in the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> Because let's be honest, like everything is falling apart with them. They just released um, Whitehead for his his gangster tweets um, on on social media. Um, how dysfunctional is this team? Um, do you think that they can right this ship this season, not next season, this season? You think that they still keep kitchens this season? <laughs> yeah, they are a. You know, I, I didn't. I wasn't as high on them as a lot of people were. I thought they would play a lot better. I thought that at the end of the season with um, Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens, of course, calling the plays, they have found you know an offensive you know scheme that worked for them. And you bring in Odell. Uh, you have uh, Kareem Hunt, who's going to be you know he's going to be able to play. I think either this week or next week. Um, their defense was playing extremely well at the end of the season. Nick Chubb, another year. So they had the, the parts there, which looked like they were ready to kind of, you know, take that next step. Um, I wasn't going as far as saying they're going to win a division or being a, you know, or, you know, be in the AFC championship game. I thought they'll make the playoffs. Um, but the way that they've, it has disintegrated right in front of our eyes is just, you know, it's the Browns, so we shouldn't be shocked. I think we got our expectations up too high because of all the individual pieces, which we see appear to not fit all that well. And then the coach doesn't appear to have that much of a handle on the squad as well. So it's a disappointment. I think 
if, if Freddie Kitchens is still the coach next year, I would be shocked. Would you be as shocked if uh, Odell is still there next year? No, I wouldn't be shocked Odell is, is there next year. I'll be – no, because I think if – if they had to choose between Odell and the coach, you're gonna you're gonna choose you're gonna cut the coach. Yeah, um, very much a big disappointment. Um, I think everybody rode the hype of uh, of uh, the QB, and I still think Baker is gonna be a good QB. You know, I think he'll be a a good to. I think he'll be a good QB. I don't think he's gonna be a great QB. You know, I think, I think all the hype and all the excitement that he brought to Cleveland last season, and he bought into the hype, all the endorsements and all that type of stuff. He bought into all that, and I think it clouded his judgment. But I think, I think this season is going to be humbling to him. I think, I think at some point, you know, after the buy, he may come back. You know, uh, with a renewed focus and, uh, and and energy, in hopes to kind of right the ship a little bit, at least let the critics know that yeah, I am just still I'm still the same QB that you saw last year. You know, we can get this done, and then also maybe kitchens and, and offensive staff maybe they can simplify things a little bit more. You know, uh, maybe get back to his roots a little bit. He got the weapons on, uh, you know, for wide receivers. Uh, holla at Lincoln Riley. You know, get a few tips about what he was running in Oklahoma, what he felt comfortable with. And, and this see, because, I mean, that's what Kyler Murray's doing. I mean, uh, Clint Kingsbury, Clint, uh, Kingsbury, you know, tried to recruit him while he was at Texas Tech. He understands the offense that they're running in uh, Oklahoma. So that's why I never could really understand that if you have a specific style of quarterback, why don't you reach back to the school and see what you can take from that and tailor it so it's more geared towards the NFL but still keeps similar concepts so it makes things a little bit easier. And I think that's what they need to do, you know, get Baker's confidence back up. And once he's, once he's brimming with that confidence, because I'm sure they simplified the offense a little bit last year to make things a little bit easier for him so he could come in there and do it. <laughs> But man, there's no shame in simplifying the offense to you know to get the engine running again if it's sputtering. <laughs> and if if you do that, build up his confidence, start slinging the rock all over the place, get OBJ the ball, you know he'd be happy, and you know, and then things might be a little bit better. Now I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs, but they still be, they may have an outshot shot if they can kind of run the table towards the, the end of the season. Hold up, who was um, the QB before? It was a Tyron Taylor that was a QB right. before. Yeah. Okay. And so one of our friends said that Tyron Taylor is trash, and right now Baker Mayfield is playing more trash than Tyron Taylor is. Hmm. Might mm. need to remind our friend about that one. Mm. Anyway, that's something totally different. But he wasn't – Tyron wasn't playing like trash. Tyron got hurt. Yeah. He and, said he was playing like trash before. Oh. No, but you also got to factor in that old line that Tyrod Taylor was with. I'm mean, had it wasn't the best at that stage because he was scrambling for his life at times. So uh, I'm not gonna put it all on Tyrod Taylor at this stage. <laughs> well, I will say this though, I, I I have to admit I wasn't expecting this 
I was kind of figured it was going to take some time for them to gel because you got, you know, OBJ, you got Landry, even though they're there, you know, it's going to take time for them to, to mesh together. Um, I, I knew it was going to take some time, but I didn't expect it to be this bad at this stage. I thought that they would start to write the ship, win at least a couple of games, but it's, I can't blame it all on Freddie Kitchens, but some of the decision-making does, he does have to be factored in on a lot of things. Um, and hopefully they can write the ship before this whole season is over, at least get something going, because if it stays the same, I just don't see Kitchens staying long. No, I mean, um, it's all going to fall, you know, at the feet of the, the head coach. He's going to be the first person that they're going to come for. Um so if anybody goes, it will probably be him. I don't know what kind of contract he signed them up for. I don't think it was anything long-term with a lot of money. Um, however, if, if someone's got to fall on their sword, it, it, it'll be the coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, just one more quick note. I got to say this. The, the Jets stink. <laughs> I, I I and I'm not really in a, a giant in a, in a giant thing too. Yeah, no, but I, mean, I, I, I yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. And they're not on that. I mean, they're they're. I mean, the Giants is bad, but they're not on the level as the Jets. I'm sorry. Well, we're about to find out come this weekend. <laughs> but I, I will say this though, yeah, because they do play each other. <laughs> I will say this. We're about to find out something. <laughs> I, I will say this: if the Giants lose to the Jets. I I I I I I really have to suspect a lot of things there. Yeah, there should be no reason why the Giants should lose. No reason. No reason why the Jets should have lost to Miami. <laughs> no, there was reasons why the Jets should have lost to Miami. Like if you're going, if you're going that far, there's no reason. I see no reason why the Cowboys should have lost to the Jets, and the Jets was putting a foot on them. Yeah, that is also that's also a bad look, but. <laughs> This whole thing, uh, they they they're really calling for heads with with the head coach, and like almost kind of feel bad for him, almost. But it's bad. It's it's really bad up here. They're like, I mean, they want. I'm pretty sure they're calling for both their co coaches. Um, I mean, both the head coaches. No, no, no. They giving Giants a break because you got a rookie quarterback and everything. They are giving no no excuses, no excuses for Gates, none, none whatsoever. Like, I think the the Dolphins' loss was the the straw that broke the cat, the the straw that broke the back. Of course, who the hell? Like, who loses to the Dolphins? <laughs> they ain't got nothing. And, and, and they're trying they gave away everything, and still trying to give away parts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I, I. I have no words for them right now. Really don't. Really don't. But I digress. We can talk more about the Jets and their dysfunction. We can talk about the Cleveland Browns and their dysfunction. Hopefully these teams turn things around. Um, and we can talk more about that next week on our podcast. But for right now, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Um, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. Uh, you can reach me not at the College Football Playoff Committee, which is masquerading as the old BCS system. Um, and, um, and um, Instagram or um, Twitter, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. You can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. 
And of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on your any podcast that you listen to. We're there at this moment. Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, you name it. We're on every podcast now. So make sure you go and subscribe as well. Make sure you catch us on Instagram as well. We're on Guys Talking Sports there as well. Catch some clips on there as well. Um, but we'd like to thank everybody for checking this out. Appreciate all the love and support. Don't forget, if you have any questions, anything that you want to respond to, feel free to reach us out on social media. Um, we're there every chance we get <laughs> every now and then. Um, but we're there as well. Just appreciate all the love and support. We'd like to thank you guys for checking out Guys Talk to Sports. Until next time, you guys take care. One love. God bless. Have a good one. Shout out to Pops. Rest in peace. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs>